Are you ready to free the body and free the soul? Join Dr. David, the cutting edge doc, as he guides us on today's journey. Here's Dr. David. Welcome, friends. Welcome to another edition of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. I'm your host, Dr. David, the cutting edge doc. And here on Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, we do in-depth interviews with individuals that are doing cutting edge work in the areas of healing and spirituality and social transformation. And today's gonna be a very unique show. I've never done one quite like this before. Uh, This show came into existence because I was having a conversation the other day with my dear friend, Maureen Xavier, who you may be familiar with because she's interviewed me a few times on this show. And, I realized that Maureen really, really had a strong desire to connect with and serve some people that are pretty well known. And, you know, it can be difficult because when you're trying to reach someone that's very well known, they get bombarded with all sorts of opportunities and they have gatekeepers around them. And so we live in such a video age and such a audio age that I thought creating a YouTube video and a podcast audio that would help Maureen to possibly connect with the people she's wanting to connect to is a service that I could provide. So I offered Maureen that opportunity and she graciously accepted. And so here we are. So as is the custom on this show, I'm going to give Maureen a chance to introduce herself and tell you whatever story about her journey she wants to tell you to frame what we're going to be talking about later in an empowering way. So let me just say as I introduce Maureen and bring her into the conversation, if you don't already know, Maureen is one of the most caring and courageous and committed light workers that I know. And She has been rapidly coming into her own in terms of her power and her knowledge and her life's path over the last couple of years. And uh, she's feeling a, a natural motion to expand her sphere of service, especially in particular directions. So with that, I'm going to turn the beginning of the show over to Maureen and she will bring us up to current time, and then I'll ask some more questions. So Maureen, welcome to Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. It's all yours. Thank you, Dr. David. And thank you listeners and watchers for being here with us today. I really appreciate your uh, willingness to be here and hear what, what this is all about. What actually gave more specific about what gave rise to this is I was watching an interview, uh, Megan Kelly Today interview with Naomi Judd. And Naomi Judd has written a book where she talked about her experience with depression and her history of abuse and how um, there was a period of time in her life where she contemplated jumping off a bridge. And now she's passionate about healing and being of service to other people. And part of what I noticed in her interview, and I was like compelled to write a comment on her Facebook page, was that she talks about 
mental health illnesses and depression and genetics and science. And she was framing her conversation in a way that I felt is only part of the picture. My personal history is I was born in an alcoholic family. I was abused as a young child and I really was depressed and anxious and in fear my entire life. I didn't know what it was like to not be afraid. And at, you know, at the age of 31, I started taking antidepressants because I needed them in order to put one foot in front of the other. I had two young children and holding, I had gone from a very high profile position in, you know, a wholesale um, apparel company to become, being a stay-at-home mom. And I was lost. I no longer had the, to the tools that I had used to become successful in the professional world no longer worked at home. I was a perfectionist. I was addicted to people pleasing. I was doing, 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 and I uh, felt like the world was closing in around me. So I started therapy. I started using medication. Um, and I've really spent the last 22 years of my life consciously committed to being the best woman, wife, and mother I could be. And it wasn't until I entered Dr. David's office six years ago that I realized that the mental health world could only get you so far. Um, that there was a spiritual dimension, there was oneness, there was transformation, there was holistic healing. There was a whole world out there that I didn't even know that I didn't even know. And it's my personally being introduced to that world of possibility, being taught by a teacher who lives from a place of possibility and unconditional love that um, created a bridge for me to now feel like I'm healed. Um, it's not to say my life isn't challenging. It's not to say that I still don't have relationship issues, sadness, you know, physical health challenges, but I no longer take medication. Um, and I no longer need any health professional. I seek out work. I work with people um, in a variety of capacities because I have a commitment to continue to following my path and becoming who I am meant to be. But I'm, I really feel like I live from a space of wholeness and completeness now. And I work with other women. I now I'm actually a, a breakthrough coach myself. I channel Mother Mary. I also channel a variety of divine entities that help me be laser focused in people that I work with. But my intention is for this interview for the world is to be a place of possibility to see that it's possible to heal. You don't have to live with mental health challenges. It's your birthright to be happy, to be healthy, to live in joy, to be peaceful, to be God's child and live in his likeness. And I don't think that that's something that's talked about on a norm. I mean, well, yeah, it's not something I ever heard about. I think there's an inherent limitation in the 12 step program. 
um, because of who we are that we are, you know, and, and so. Let me interrupt you there because I think, I think you probably lost some people on that one. So I think we need some background understanding because that's such a powerful idea, but unless someone is already steeped in transformational distinctions, most people won't know what you meant there. So okay. I, I want to bring you back. So, okay. so obviously you've had significant experience in the 12 step programs and it took you to a certain point. And then in your understanding of spirituality and beingness, we've had many conversations. You had a realization that there is a fundamental limitation in the presuppositions that are inherent in the first step of recovery programs. Mm-hmm. And let's, that's so important that with your permission, I'd like to dive into that a little bit. Absolutely. So I've never participated in one, but I know from reading and from talking to you and other people, I know that part of the first step languaging is an I am statement. Mm-hmm. And then the I am, which is a declaration to yourself, to others, to the universe of who you fundamentally are. And then that phrase is followed by a limited identity. So in, in, in the case of an alcoholic recovery group, people would say, bah, 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 and I am an alcoholic or if it was a codependent group, people would say, bah, 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 and I'm a codependent. Mm-hmm. And from a spiritual point of view, there is a misperception there that isn't completely true. And once that is accepted as completely true, the process that can unfold from that space is limited by that utterance, by the belief in that utterance, by believing that that is true. And um, there are many other ways to language that first step that Maureen and I have discussed that could be much, much more empowering to people where we're acknowledging people's current circumstances and we're acknowledging people's current experiences and we're acknowledging people's certain current level of skill and ability. So we're not in denial about any of that. And the possibility is left open for the kind of healing and, and wholeness that Maureen is now experiencing and living. And so I wanted to, 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 to talk about that so that when you said what you said about uh, who we are that we are, that is something most people wouldn't understand. So I wanted to provide that background information because I thought it was so important before you continued. Yeah, and the one thing is that I want to say as and and we talked we there's also conversation in the 12 step languaging is and that you're powerless over the effects of blah 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 which is inherently not true. 
It's not to say this has been all I can speak from is my personal experience and my own journey and what I've become aware of along the way, but that ultimately we are infinitely powerful. We may have grown up. I, I grew up in an alcoholic family and as a child, I did not have power over the effects uh, I did not have power over my mother's behavior, over my father's behavior, over the fact that he beat me, you know, he may have beat me or that I may have witnessed abuse that scarred me. But what I do have power over is the decisions that I made as an infant at that point in time that shaped and constrained the, re the rest of my life. You know, one of the decisions I made as an infant that was, that was in fear for my life is that my job was to take care of my mother and who she was so that I would be safe. So it's in the wheeling back of literally down to the core of some of those childhood decisions that when we bring those to the light of the day and we see them as a thought and as a decision, that decision no longer has to shape and constrain what's possible for us in our lives. Absolutely. Yet at the same time, someone in their experiential reality, and it may be important for them to acknowledge this at the level of their experiential reality that, and their circumstantial reality, that they feel a sense of powerlessness. Okay. And they are exhibiting an out-of-control type of behavior. Yes. So these distinctions of different domains mm -hmm. are so powerful. And then the other thing I wanted to say is that you can even take responsibility beyond the level that you are discussing it at. You know, once someone becomes comfortable with that level of responsibility, you can go even further to deeper levels of soul level responsibility where it starts to become real to you that as a soul that included higher dimensional aspects of your own being, that you actually chose at some level to incarnate into a family where it was highly likely that you would encounter these types of frequencies people who had these levels of consciousness, these, these misperceptions, because from that perspective, you wanted to create a, a set, if you will, for a new movie, if you will, where the plot was likely to challenge you in particular ways, to grow in certain ways, or to contribute in certain ways. So this idea of not defining yourself as a victim is really a doorway to many, many levels of life experience that people unwittingly cut themselves off from. And I think one of the beauties of the field of transformation is that it provides these linguistic distinctions that allow you to consider new possibilities without someone feeling like you're having your circumstances or your experiences invalidated. And this is such a powerful idea because most people that are on planet Earth today, if you really got down with them and you wanted to know from their perspective what 
life is made up of, for most people, if they really got in touch with the way it is for them, the way life occurs for them, and they were honest with you, they would tell you that life is a combination of circumstances and experiences that are always changing. And I'm kind of sandwiched in the middle of all of that, kind of trying to carve out a niche of comfort and well-being for myself. And you and I know that that's a losing game. Um, because then you are being that you're just another uh, billiard ball on this infinite sequences of inner and outer billiard balls that are coming at you all the time. And so I can't underscore the importance of what we're talking about here. And I think it gets to the heart of part of at least what you're wanting to communicate to um, was it Winona? No, Naomi Judd. Naomi, Naomi Judd, and possibly others. And so I'm glad we kind of unpacked that a little bit. And uh, please go ahead and take the conversation wherever you'd like to take it from here. Nothing um, particular else to say. So I'm not being moved to say anything else specific about me right now. Um, okay. All right. So if there's something in you. Um, no, I'd say let's just get into it. So um, now you're here, I'm here. The listener is here, the viewer is here. They have kind of a, a sense of you and a sense of maybe some of what's possible here. Mm -hmm. And what would you, if you had... Um, if you had the ear and, and or the eyes, all right, of the people you're wanting to connect with now, let's assume that you do, mm. why don't you go ahead and communicate? Uh, what I would want to say to you is that you don't have to live the lie anymore, that it is absolutely possible for you to be free of the experience of your childhood, not in a way that you have to avoid it, not in a way that you have to relive it over and over and over again, but in a way that you can look into yourself and look into the eyes of the little girl that may still be there, sad, scared, afraid, having been abused, having felt like she had to be a perfectionist or she had to take care of other people and let her know that she is cared for and that she is loved and that she is lovable no matter what, that it is your divine right as a child of God to be safe and that you already are whole, that there's nothing about you that needs to be fixed or changed or altered or medicated or abused anymore. That your life doesn't have to be stilted by a, st by, um, a set of circumstances or experiences that you may have lived in the past. That your past doesn't have to impact or be a, uh, an indicator of what your future can be. 
and that you're currently only looking at a subset of experiences that have the possibility of changing your future. Science in and of itself is not the answer to your prayers. Well, you know, it's interesting because you can look at science in two ways. You can look at science as the current scientific dogma of um, a scientific materialism, which definitely has its limitations. And then you can also look at science as a method of inquiry into wanting to get closer to truth. You can look at science as a method of inquiry to look for, to discover the principles of the universe, to discover the laws of creation. And so I want to make a distinction there that I think is very important because one is a closed system uh, which contributes ultimately to domination and violation and control agendas. And then there's the other aspect of science, which is a very beautiful aspect of divine inquiry that some souls are guided to focus on. The other thing I wanted to mention to frame your comments in a way that is uh, responsible to today's world, I wanted to say that you're not saying that people should never take medication. So when you, when you said you don't need medication, mm -hmm. I want to put that in a framework. I'm assuming you're meaning that even if for a short period of time, for a period of time, the medication is useful to keep yourself safe, to help you pay bills, to go to work, things like that, that you're, what I'm hearing you saying is that that's not the source of the healing, and that by itself isn't going to lead to the kind of wholeness you're talking about. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I mean. I mean, honestly, in my own experiences, when I started taking medication, I thought I would never go off of it because it made me feel so much better. And okay. But we all know that we all know that the effect of a drug in the, in the short run is very often very different from the effect of a drug in the long run because of the long-term adaptations and toxicity and, 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 and very rarely when someone is given psychiatric drugs is the conversation held that goes something like this. Here, I'm suggesting for a period of time you do this to keep yourself above water. Yeah. And, and now we have a new question. Is this is going to buy you some time? You're going to feel better, at least in the short run. You'll be able to, to deal with some things and face some things. But then the question is, what are you going to do with that time? Right. What are you going to do with that space? And so I think it's important uh, for not only your own credibility, but also for your own effectiveness to be very conscious in your languaging around your viewpoints about medication. Uh, because, um, first of all, uh, you live in a world where most people believe that medications are necessary. 
So you could create a big mismatch there. And secondly, you could be, if the person believed you, um, maybe that's not the best for them. Maybe they would benefit from medication for a period of time. So um, I think that's an important piece of accomplishing what you're wanting to accomplish, which is to connect with these powerful people and for them to be able to hear you and for them to be able to take you credibly and to feel comfortable enough about your maturity and your caring and your competence to be able to respond to you. Okay. Well, first of all, I would never get in the way of someone for, I would, I would never challenge as you did with me, you know, I would never say stop doing something that is working for you now. If you are doing it and, and under the advice of a psych, I am not by no means a medical professional. I do not advise, diagnose, treat any of those things. And all I know from my personal experience is that when you get to the source of the anxiety, the depression, the ADHD, and that's all I speak from, those that's my personal experience, when you get underneath the source of the pain, you bring it to the light of day, and this could be something that's been brought on from this art incarnation or prior incarnations. When you bring that up you, and you allow it to be healed and brought set back to the universe, your body, you feel different. You live peacefully. You, your body produces the serotonin levels that are required. You inherently have a sense of peace and joy in who you are as a human being on the earth when you are allowing yourself to come from that space of who you naturally are. Absolutely. And, and that process of the body recalibrating to the new consciousness, that's a process that may need to be managed. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's a big, that's a huge, pro I mean, that is a quite a process. It's been, depending upon where you are along the line, it requires a host of people that are working with you that understand, you know, I would say this is where working with you has been allowed me to be even where I am today, because you understand the body processes, you understand psychology, you understand metaphysics, you understand spirituality. And to the extent that you are becoming and integrating at a new level, all of these things impact your body and can flood you with things that are pretty overwhelming. That if you don't already have the tools and the guidance to work with, it could, you could feel like you're in worse shape than when you started. And I would say another key element for people to be aware of, besides having a good guide and having access to some true teachings that have really stood the test of time and workability is the importance of um, community because we're social beings. And a lot of our form form formative development in terms of our psychology uh, and sociolo sociology occurred in groups, in communities. A lot of our traumas occurred in groups and in communities. Um, and the herd instinct is very strong. 
the desire to belong, to find our tribe, the fear of abandonment. These are very deeply wired instincts in humans. And it's a very rare person, you know, maybe one in 10,000 people who even once they discover and wake up from their, um, their misperceptions would be willing to follow the implications of that in their life fully, totally on their own, without some kind of community that is functioning and vibrating on a different level. And one of the things that I have taught for many, many, many years, uh, at least 25, uh, probably longer, is that we're coming as a civilization, we're coming to the end of an era. We're coming to an era that was ego-based, that was overly patriarchal, and the new energies that are coming in on the planet, these, these old structures and belief systems cannot handle it. And so we're in a period of massive cultural breakdown where the institutions of our culture are not able to deliver on the explicit or implied promises, their contract with individuals. And uh, to the extent that individuals are identified with these old patterns and these old institutions, um, obviously if you have the eyes to see, you can see that many, many people are having a very, very difficult time right now. And so you can be so hypnotized and caught up and entangled in that reality that you don't see the other side of the coin, which is characterized by the myth of the phoenix rising from the ashes. And there's tremendous liberation of creative energy that's occurring right now and tremendous opportunities. I mean, just what's happening right now, I'm sitting in my house, you're sitting in your house. We're using this wonderful technology that's very affordable we're creating a YouTube video and a podcast for very, very little money. And it'll be available for the whole world to see within 24 hours and it'll be up for years. And so we've got these new opportunities where there's so much power that can be focalized through creative individuals if people will just kind of snap out of the matrix and um, be guided a little bit and, um, and so part of that guidance from my point of view is what I've always attempted to do when I've been midwifing someone to open up spiritually is I've always tried to be sensitive to uh, helping guide them to tapping into communities that I think would be resonant with where they're going or to create or to co-create something. And um, so, you know, you mentioned about how valuable it's been for you to have a good guide. I wanted to build on that and say that being proactive about creating a parallel community and culture for you to be in while this existing culture is collapsing is really, in my opinion, a really smart move and needs to be part of the conversation if you're going to be guiding people. I think that's an important piece of the puzzle. Okay, so you're, uh, okay, so I'm a little, 
So you're talking to me about creating a coexisting parallel culture for me to be living in me, Maureen, the not just you that I'm talking but, about her or anybody. So not just you, but when you are acting in the role of guiding others through their transformational journey, being conscious about the fact that this is an aspect of the conversation mm -hmm. that needs to happen at some point in order to facilitate these people is going to be really important because if you're going through the transformational process and you're being that all you have to do is be an awakened individual and you don't take the inquiry any further and you're not looking at what that means for relationships and you're not looking at what that means for groups and organizations and what that means for community and culture and how that dovetails back and um you know we could it that conversation might not be that important in other times in history like for example if you and i were born into a culture where the institutions were already massively serving the people that convers and the communities that people lived in were massively serving them then having a lot of consciousness on community and culture probably wouldn't be that important. But what I want to highlight is that we're at this amazing time right now. And it's no accident that you and I are incarnated at this point in time and space because we as souls like doing this. We like coming into cultures that are suffering enough that we might get their attention about a new possibility, but then it's not enough just to get their attention. We need to have a very mature understanding of the forces at play, not just on a psychological level, not just on a spiritual level, not just on a physical level, but also have an, an appreciation for this cultural business, for this community business, for this sociology business. And uh, I know from being a way shower for quite a while, I know that it's a rare individual that will stay on the path for a long time. And it is a marathon, not a sprint. You just have one life, it's just a very long eternal one. Um, that to stay in the game committedly 9,999 people out of 10,000 will eventually have to be attracted to, discover, create a community and a culture to be in that works for them. And when you're, and when you're living in a time and space where the general collective is going through a period of massive breakdown and people are in a mood of resignation and they're frightened and they're angry and they're anxious and they're defensive, it's especially useful to have been and be proactive about not only consciously choosing your individual friendships, but also consciously co-creating groups and communities that you wanna be in, not just for, not just for you. This conversation is for the for you in the context of being a guide for others.
Right. Well, you, you know from your own experience that the most painful times in your life have been when you have seen enough that you put one foot on the boat that was ready to take off, but the other foot was still on the dock because you weren't willing to let go of what you had, even if it was killing you. And what I'm saying is that that is experientially probably the most suffering place of all. And I think we can help to increase the odds of diminishing that kind of suffering if people have a sense of the boat and that they can get on it and that they'll survive and that there is a boat and that there's a boat that is attuned to where they're going. So I'm feeling like you're a little ethereal in this last comment. So are you talking about actually, so when you say that there is a boat to get on, so I, and I'm, talk to me more about what you're getting at here. I'm, I'm new, missing your there boat. Is, there is a new cultural train. Yeah. There is a new cultural possibility that you can get on now. There is one. And to be able to, for you to be able to describe what that might be like, to be able for you to talk about your experience, of what that train has been like for you and how you got on it and, uh, and, and are you co-creating that? And if so, how? And what were your blockages and what made it easier for you? And do you have any tips? I'm saying that whole conversation, if that conversation can be part of the bigger conversation okay. that you're wanting to have with people, from my experience as a guide, you'll have a much better percentage batting average. Well, actually, so as you were talking, it's like I, thought, I feel like I've been a, a party to two group, well, one group in particular. I mean, honestly, it was showing up in the adult children of, in the rooms of the adult children of alcoholics where I felt like I finally found my people. I had, you know, prior to prior to showing up in those rooms, I felt like I was all alone and I had a bunch of experiences and memories and blockages and nobody understood me. And although I'd already been in therapy for 10 years, I still felt like nobody really got me. Right. But that's like a, but that's like a halfway house community. You know, that's not a community where people know your first and last name. That It's not a, you know, it's not a... Wait, wait, wait. I don't know, though. I, I'm not sure if I agree with you. Like, if you're, in a 12 step, if you're in a 12-step program, there are... That's a very defined, constructed reality with very specific rules that are not the rules that people normally live in. So it's a, it's a really great new culture that's kind of like a halfway house but it's not a new complete culture no. that you're living in 24 7 you're not do you're not doing business with those people you're not they don't you know you're you're there's an anonymity there it's not a full human culture it's 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 like a halfway culture where people can experiment and it has its place and so but honestly for me i uh, so i'm going to interject here yeah. only from the perspective of you haven't participated in it the way i participated in it 
And so for me is it gave me a place and a community where I understand the whole thing about anonymity, but I would say I developed a group of friendships and family and, and people that I could be with like family where I finally got to show up in a way and have different experiences of life than I ever had before in my life. No, I wasn't conducting business with those people. No, it wasn't the panacea, but it was honestly a place I finally felt like I could show up, bear my soul to another human being and be witnessed and be acknowledged. And yes, there were, so that's the that's actually the thing I feel as though I have learned so much because I sit in group meetings now and I see where the leader has not developed kind of like the 12-step boundary system where, you know, you don't talk when somebody else is talking. You sit and you witness what another person is saying and just letting them have their experience. No, absolutely. I mean, there are so many wonderful aspects. And I'm not trying to validate your experience or the value you got out of it. I'm just saying what I'm talking about, the possibility of, the, of a new culture, isn't just that. Yeah, I agree with that. That's what I'm saying. And that, and that, and then, and, and, and the thing that I want to keep coming back to, which was my main point from many, many, many years of acting as a guide, spiritual guide for people, it's a very rare person that no matter how much they awaken and how much they see, it's a very rare person that's willing to fully embody their current understanding in their full human life without having faith and some reality on the fact that there is another community, there is another cultural train that they can get on that, um, that they, first to know that it exists and how they would find it and how they would take the next step, how they would evaluate it. Um, it's a very important part of making your spirituality real as an individual human being in a physical body with physical circumstances and emotional needs and, um, and, and the desire for true community. Because there's so few people on the planet right now that have mastered themselves at that level that, that the conversation is barely on the map, let alone the study of it, and let alone the mastery of it. That's the reason that several months ago you were kind enough to respond to my request to have you interview me about the implications of transformation for culture, because that conversation is like something we don't know that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. And I'm predicting that over the next few months, the breakdown of our cultural institutions are going to be so massive, are going to accelerate and be so apparent that even the average person on the street will not be able to deny it anymore, that it'll become so obvious that we're swimming in a dysfunctional culture, that this conversation and having some mastery about this topic will become increasingly valuable. 
Is there anything more you would like to say about that? No, I just wanted to make sure that when in your map of what you have to offer people and the conversations that are going to, the powerful conversations that will need to happen sooner or later, I just want to make sure that that's in your hopper. Okay. Well, <laughs> and I know from my perspective, so I feel, so this has been from my experience and where I am right now, is I feel like part of the reason why I'm here, part of the reason why I'm even having this conversation is with you is I am part of co-creating that culture. Exactly what that is, I don't know yet. I just, I know that as my, as I have evolved in my experience of I, as I have continued to step into my truth and my calling and what I am here for is I have communities. Uh, so I have different, different communities filling different roles and people feeling fulfilling different roles in my life is basically what I have. Yeah. And I, and, and I know that you, are getting really good at that and you have a lot of consciousness about that for yourself right but that's not what i'm talking about is having it for other people in order I'm to talking set that about in your role as a guide for others mm -hmm. having that having that be part of your guide map mm -hmm. your map as a guide mm -hmm. that's what i'm that's what i'm pointing at because you know you're really you're really functioning in that function more and more every month now. Yeah. <laughs> You're functioning more and more as a guide for people. Yeah. And, and if, if this conversation helps you to reach the people you want to reach, you're going to be functioning at least partially in a guide function mm -hmm. for those people also. Yeah. Well, and I also know that I'm not given anything that I don't have, you know, I continue to be fed the next steps. So at the point where I am either I'm going to, the block's going to come up in me to the extent that I have not been able to embody and lead groups and have that it's going to come up. And then it's next point is going to emerge or not. I already know this time next year, I will have groups that I will be leading and hurt, you know, but that's not where I am today. I am not at that point in my leadership role. It's one step at a time. Right. But even when you're in, even when you're working with people on a one-to-one -one basis, as you're guiding their unfolding transformation, mm -hmm. having this consciousness okay. can be very helpful to the individual that you are guiding. Okay increasingly so if if my prediction is correct we're recording this in early december of 2017 mm -hmm. so if my prediction is correct that over the next maybe 12 to 18 months that what is going to happen in 3d land is going to be the acceleration of cultural institutional breakdowns and systems to the point where the average person is going to be virtually impossible for the average person to stay in denial about the fact that there's something fundamentally rotten at the core about the, our culture. Um, and when people are very identified with their culture, um, that tends to produce a tremendous amount of fear, 
panic. Uh, people are very vulnerable at that point. They are looking for simple solutions that are not that simple. Mm -hmm. um, it's a politically and socially, it can be a very delicate time. You know, it can be a period of time that is ripe for fascism, can be a t period of time that's ripe for communism, because people want to be taken care of, people want to be safe, people are looking for the answer, they're afraid, the instincts are very strong, most people haven't integrated their instinctual nature into the fullness of their spirituality, and so having a sensitivity about the cultural and community factors at play, even when you're consulting one-on-one -on -one and guiding people in their individual process, will be very important. Just like, just like you're aware that it's important to have a good guide, just like you're aware that it's important for people to have access to readings and writings that are rooted in truth in that same way i'm saying it's just as important and will become increasingly important for people to know that part of setting themselves up for success shall we say mm -hmm. is being more conscious and proactive about culture and community and that begins with uh, a very very often uncomfortable examination of their current set of friends, of their current relationships, of their current level of functioning of the groups they're in, of the current level of functioning of the companies in which they work for. It's not necessarily an easy uh, road and, um, and people can use a lot of, of assistance in that area. And so I'm speaking not so much to you as an individual uh, concerned about Maureen's uh, journey as herself. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to you as, you know, someone that I see as a major guide for our culture over the next whatever. Thank you. Well, what and what I see is, as we talked about during the in, during the interview with you about transformation at the level of culture is it, it, it's kind of, it, it's kind of a, a level of evolution is being willing and able to start looking at the challenges and the limitations that I have with myself. And then at the, at, you know, to, and to, to the extent that somebody's willing to start looking at themselves, then they become more possibility and open to looking at their relationships with their spouses and their, or their significant others, maybe their children, as you said, their friends, their family, and then the group, the, the businesses that they are a part of. And then, you know, government. Uh, and on and on and on. But in my personal experience, I've only been able to even come out of denial, if you will, because I've been in total denial. I've been <laughs> avoiding, because I avoided looking at it to the level of culture because I didn't want to. I, That's I, what I, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. For most people, it's so unconfrontable 
that it just remains the water they're swimming in. Right. And what I'm seeing is that water is going to get really dirty, really dirty. And it'll get so dirty, it's going to become an issue. Well, and it, are, it already is, and it's only going to get dirtier. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's going to become more and more, it's going to become the elephant in the back seat of the car if we don't start talking about it. And uh, we don't start having conversations about it. And, you know, that's the beginning of mastering something is becoming aware of something enough to start to even have some conversations about it. Like, like traditionally, you know, it's really important to understand what an amazing opportunity this is and how challenging it is. Like, if you look at spiritual development on planet Earth in recent history, by recent history I mean the last few thousand years, up until recently, if someone was really a dedicated spiritual student, they would leave their culture and they would go to a very structured environment for several years where they were completely dedicated to their spiritual journey. And some of them would just stay in monasteries and some of them would return to their culture but with really not much guidance about how to handle that aspect of the hero's journey. And so if you look at it, we're in a very unique period where, where you and I are householders, you and I have families, you and I have work in the world, we deal with money, all these things that that traditionally when people were deep in their spiritual process, that chrysalis of transformation, it was handled for them. And so the question of how do you be a human being with the responsibilities that we have today? And, and, and first of all, realize truth, which you could call the front of the hand of transformation. And then, now what? How do you live that? How do you bring that into your thinking, into your feeling, into your body, into your relationships, into how you're spending your money, into how you're spending your time, into the conversations that you're having, into your relationship with Mother Earth and your community? These are conversations that were not that vital to the way spirituality was done in the past. But now, because of the particular confluence of events, which is no accident, there's this new opportunity for a higher level of spiritual embodiment and integration and, and glory that we have now that is so fascinating that uh, we're the hot spot in the universe right now. I mean, the earth has attracted a lot of attention. This is like, this is like a new thing, kind of. And so I think it requires a new sensitivity, a new awareness, uh, being bigger, uh, making more distinctions, having more powerful conversations in these areas. And so the reason I wanted to highlight it is because of what I feel is coming. You know, what we've seen in the last few months of the exposure of the abuse of power in high places, to me, 
is the appetizer, getting people ready for more and more of the dark side to be exposed. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm, I'm being guided to focus on this particular topic so heavily, combined with the fact that I know so many people who've been on the path for a long time. And when you look at them, they're individual as themselves, they're in pretty good shape. And, and their, their, in, their re- intimate relationships are usually in pretty good shape. And they've carved out a few small groups for themselves. But like yourself, they don't yet have an empowering relationship with their larger groups and organizations. And they certainly don't have an empowered relationship with their culture as a whole. So a lot of people, you're not alone in the fact that you are not able to confront it. And as you know, if you want to confront anything, it's got to begin with some awareness and some conversation, even if it's just a conversation in your own head. It's got to begin with some kind of conversation. Well, and I think this all dovetails around to what for me is what propels me into my work and I do believe is my cutting edge in my work as passed along to me from you is there isn't the conversation in the mental health arena that I was ever a part of that the you that you are, the you that you think you are is not really the you that you are. And it's only when you're exposed to a teacher who lives from a space of possibility, who lives from a space of nothingness, who holds that it is as a truth for themselves and has already demonstrated that who they are is more powerful than any circumstance, than any event, than any thought, than any decision, than any anything, and that they can transform and release their attachment to any and all things, that that is what's vital and important for them as a as an individual to heal and then be up even open to the possibility of the conversation that we're having today. I completely honor that and I think you're absolutely right on the button. And my conversation with you has been a lot focused on okay, assuming that now what? Right. And how do you manage that process in a way that where you're where you're a superior guide? Where you, where you help people to minimize their suffering along the way from that point. Um, but, but the beacon of light that I feel like I am right now to the culture is this, what I just said. Is who you are that you think you are isn't who you really are. And I know because I've lived on both sides. I've had my foot on the dock and right. I've had my foot on the boat and I've had my foot in both places and I wanted to kill myself. And it's possible for you to then get on the boat and sail and start going into new adventures, new circumstances, new opportunities, not living steeped in depression. Right. But what I'm saying is that what you just described is what spirituality has been about for a long time. It's been about you're not who you think you are. 
let's wake up to who you really are. Okay. That's what in transformation we would call the front of the hand. Right. And I totally get it. That is absolutely necessary. That is important. That is vital. You cannot go around that step. You cannot. You're absolutely correct that that is the key that opens the door to everything. And that's the message I would say to Winona, I mean, Naomi Judd. So that, so right. I'm saying this, the context of this interview was what would you say to her? Right. That was what I want to say to her and anyone out there who's swimming in the cesspool of I'm a depressed person and what am I going to do now? And then there's another opportunity that you were bringing forth in this interview, which was not the original context of the interview, but I'm hearing that you have as well. But I'm wanting to deter say that there's two then there's two objectives that are coming at play in this conversation. So I'm wanting to separate and to define because the person I'm talking to doesn't have is like, they're not, they're not even there to understand the group and the blah, 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 blah. So I'm just wanting to make sure we couch this into two objectives and goals. One is the objective to the person I'm talking to. And one is what I'm hearing is the objective to you talking to me as the teacher of the teacher of what else is next and required for us as a culture to transform and move at an evolutionary level that we've never been a part of before. That is so right on what you just said. <laughs> that is so clear and that is so accurate what you're saying. And that's beautiful. And uh, what I love about it, besides the fact that it was crystal clear and right on, is that it provides a really powerful context for the conversation you wanted to have. Yeah. As that, I'm surprised as I never, we never quite know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> that's really exciting for me personally to have the kind of conversation you're wanting to have with the people you're wanting this video to get or audio to get to in the context of a larger conversation. Yes. That, that resonance of those two mm -hmm. creating a, a new, something new that's coming from this, the, the relationship of those two yep. is a new animal. Yep. That's exciting to me. Well, that, and that's that new animals. Well, and that's, that's the intention too, is when you get to the people that are, have powerful impact, those are the people that are going to be, those are the people that are going to make it possible for the you and the me that's having this conversation, not having connected to the power makers and the change makers today that can allow for those things to happen at a very short period of time. That that is what we are, why we're here. Absolutely. So uh, getting back to the context of you're speaking to the people you're wanting to speak to, and we've had this conversation and you've really got their attention now and they don't quite fully get it, but they know there's something really important here happening. And if, if you could speak to them now and say, you know, if this is moving you powerfully, let me suggest a couple of next steps that you can take within the next 72 hours to keep the motion going and start to focus the energy a little bit. What would you 
suggest they do or like them to do? Well, what I think the best thing to do would be to reach out to me to have a conversation so that I could get to know you better to see if there's something in you that is, well, no, I'd like to get to know in you what sparks your interest or desire or curiosity about knowing more. So that's the first thing. What how would people you? do that? How would, how would people actually get in touch with you? Okay, so Facebook message. My name is Maureen, M-A-U-R-I-N-E, middle name Shannon, last name Xavier, X-A-V-I-E-R. I am on Facebook. My email address is Maureen Xavier, my first and last name, at gmail.com. That is my email. Would my you give the way that you spell Maureen again? Yes. M-A-U-R-I-N-E. That is my first name. And my last name is Xavier, X-A-V as in Victor, I-E-R. And my cell phone number is 650-280-4378. And that's in the United States. That is in the United States. So those are the three best ways that someone could reach out to me to let them know, me know what something is burning in them and they'd like to have a conversation with me. Now, what about someone who's listening to this and they're going, this is great stuff. I'm not that person, but I know that person. What would you want them to do? I would say to, uh, they could tag me on a Facebook post with who that person is, or they could give my contact information to that person, or they could send me an email with that person as an introduction to that person in email. Okay. So is there anything else you'd like to talk about in this interview that would further what you're wanting to have happen out of this interview? I just want, I'm deeply committed to helping the people on this planet heal. I want people walking today around with a dark cloud around their head to know that it's possible to no longer be living heavy, dark, depressed, angry, hopeless, and like they don't have any power. And it's, it's possible from a person that three years ago wanted to kill themselves to be a person today that's living the happiest of her entire life. That it is possible and it is your human right to follow your joy and to live from a space of joy and possibility. And that's why God, why you're here now. That's why your God put you here now. That's why you are even watching this interview is because there's a part of you that knows there's something more for you. Thank and you so much. Hmm. Allow me to say that it's, really been a deep honor and a privilege to, number one, have been a major player 
in your journey in this life and to um, bring to bear what I bring to the party to showcase you today in a way that um, where we really had a very deep and powerful conversation um, that may require for the viewer and the listener may require a few listenings, but I know there's a lot of gold in this conversation and um, I, I really honored that, um, that I had the opportunity to, to serve you in this way and to uh, facilitate your connections with the people you're wanting to connect with. So thanks for the opportunity. And uh, is there anything else you want to say in closing? I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I and feel thank. <laughs> and I want to thank any of the listeners that are out there that made it to the end of this interview. I appreciate you. I love you. I honor you. And if this actually, I would share, I'm going to take back. I would share this YouTube interview with anyone who, you know, if it's not you, anyone, you know, who may want to know more, that is what I would say to do. Beautiful. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to another, and might I say very unique episode of freeing the body, freeing the soul, where we do in-depth interviews with individuals that are doing cutting edge work in the areas of healing, spirituality, and social transformation. I've been very moved by today's show. I hope you have been too. Our special guest has been Maureen Xavier, who uh, has a very, very strong desire to impact many, 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 many people and wants to leverage a powerful, trustworthy relationships with people who already have a large sphere of influence to uplift them and create some new allies in her committed projects. So with that, until next time, we'll close with love and peace. Bye for now. joining us for today's episode of freeing the body freeing the soul to access all episodes including show notes go to cuttingedgedoc.com that's cuttingedgedoc.com lastly if you love today's show you can support dr david his work and the show by going over to itunes and giving a five-star rating and a heartfelt comment thank you again for joining us today and for your commitment to freeing the body freeing the soul